Isaac. Uh, good morning, everybody. So good to be with you today. And you're glad you came. Okay, just always got to check. Make sure you're happy to be here. Amen. Well, we're glad to see you this morning. So, if anybody knows this song, Life is a Highway. You know that song? I want to go, I want to do it my way. Well, how's it go? All night long. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. Come on, you guys. We're still worshiping here. Life is like a highway. And uh, sometimes the journeys we take in life are like this picture here, this beautiful scenic drive. And you're just kind of going along, and it's just fun, and it's great, it's refreshing. Then sometimes it looks a lot like this. Long stretches of nothingness. And you wonder if it's ever going to end. Are we going to get to the end of it? Then there are some times it looks a little bit like this. That was our life here this morning before the 8.30 service. We had technology problems and we were going everywhere. And we had to start late and everything. And then my notes never came up and my brain was like this. And, um, you know, sometimes you, that's life. That's the way it is. You don't know if you're coming or going or where you're going sometimes. And then there are other times it's like this. You come to a place that's called a T in the road, and you have to make a decision. Am I going this way or that way? You were cruising along, and then you just, you know, you come to a T in the road. And this sermon series that I want to begin today is called The T in the Road. That's what I've called it. And the T in the road represents those times that we come to places like testing, tribulation, temptation, trials, things like that. Today, I want to talk about this idea that there is testing ahead. That's the caution sign that we have, that there's a, there's a test that lies ahead. How many of you feel really encouraged by this already? <laughs> so, today's message title is, Don't Stress the Test. Don't stress the test. So, to begin with, I want to begin in Psalms 11. And uh, I want to read this whole psalm. It's only seven verses, but there's something right in the middle of it that I want us to see today. This is a psalm of David. This is a David when he's going through a trial or a test in his life, a very difficult place. David says, in the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to, your, to my soul, flee as a bird, to your mountain. For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string, that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Watch. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests 
the righteous. Would you say those words with me? The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked, he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Can I get a good amen to the word of God? So that little phrase in the last part of verse 4 and the first part of verse 5 where it says the Lord's eyelids or the, the Lord is watching and, he, and, and he's watching men in their tests and the Lord tests the righteous. That's what I want to focus on today and uh, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here today. God, thank you for visiting with us today through the word of the Spirit, reminding us, God, and settling in our hearts of how much you love us and how much you are for us. And even in this word, Lord, I, I just feel like, God, we just need a revelation, God, that in difficult places, you are there and you are always good. Holy Spirit, we give you the freedom to speak to us, to correct us, and to redirect us, Lord, if we need it. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. All right, so when I was preparing this message for today, one of the things as I looked through God's word that I realized or I saw just kind of afresh is that testings and trials are kind of a, a theme throughout God's word. They're just there. In fact, I counted and found that 11 times it says in the Bible specifically that God is the one that puts through the test. Not every test we face necessarily comes from his hand, but there are times when God actually himself brings us to a place of testing. And so I saw that 11 times, you know. And whenever God is into something, you know he's not doing it to tear you down, but rather to build you up. It's for your good and for his glory, whatever he does. And you know that scripture that tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that we, we, um, we're constantly on the grow in the Lord by the Spirit of God, bringing us from one stage of glory to another stage of glory. How many on, you, on the upward, you know, you're, you're, you're on the increase, right? Well, in case you don't believe that, you are in Jesus, right? And so the way do we get to that stages of glory, in part, sometimes, is through the testing that God brings into our life. Now, tests will manifest themselves in a variety of ways. They are very natural, kind of common experiences to all of us, but they have spiritual ramifications in their life. Tests will show up in our relationships. Sometimes we're tested in our marriages. Sometimes we're tested in our finances. Sometimes we're tested in our calling or the calling or, uh, you know, the ministry that God has appointed to us. Sometimes we're tested just in showing up to church. Sometimes we're tested at the job. Sometimes we experience tests too in just kind of the worldly affairs that we're all a part of. Even though we ourselves are not trying to be worldly, we live in a world that there's so much confusion and, and uh, you know, people are just, kind of their lives are in chaos and we feel the effects of that ourselves. And it can be a test in our lives. And so when we go through tests, it can be pretty stressful. 
Do you agree with me? In fact, if you're feeling stressed sometimes, like I was feeling it at 8.30 this morning or 9 o'clock or 9.15 when things were not working, I was completely living this message like on the fly in that moment. When you're feeling stress, you're most likely in a test. And what happens to us is when we're feeling that way, stress can manifest in a variety of ways. We can feel confused about what is going on. Like this is really confusing. Like that one highway picture we showed you that we're going in all kinds of directions. It just feels like I can't get a handle on what's going on and I just feel like I'm torn in so many ways. Other times we feel inadequate. The stress causes us to feel like we can't handle this. Anybody in this room ever said something like, I can't take this anymore? You know? That's, that's a stressed out way of thinking about a test that you're going through. Um, also, sometimes the stress brings about this feeling uh, of irritation. We're irritated that we can't control things, that we can't click the right buttons and make it work, that it's not working the way that we plan, the way that we design, and you know, you just feel irritated. And here's what happens to us when we're feeling confused or when we're feeling inadequate or when we're feeling irritated, we're tempted to medicate our stress in ways that do not solve the problem but only exacerbate them. So here's what we do sometimes. When we're stressed out because of a test, we go to something immediately that calms us down, like drugs, marijuana, drinking, compulsive behavior activities, going online, looking at things that just numb our spirit down because we're stressed out. And it's not just a porn sites. It could be to the shopping network. You don't even have to get dressed up to go to the mall anymore. You just roll over in your pajamas and just buy till all your pain goes away. Amen. We go to any number of things when we're stressed out to medicate this stressed feeling but the scriptures are clear that doesn't solve your problem that only keeps it alive and you're going to keep going through this test until you realize this isn't your answer there is a great physician and it's not found in food in drug in drink or in the internet Those things cannot heal you, fix you, or bring you to the place that you want to be. And so we're talking about this idea of not stressing the test that you and I sometimes find ourselves in. And so I have just two really big ideas about how not to get stressed when you're in a time of a test. And the first thing that I want to encourage us in, number one, is when you're being tested, the way not to stress it is, first of all, look for the blessing in the testing. Now, believe this or not, tests in your life actually are God's way of blessing you. (laughs) Did you hear that just now? I could hear a pin drop. 
Did you hear that? Listen, God actually benefits your life and blesses your life sometimes through testings that you and I go through. Because in them, we learn lessons of how to live a victorious and overcoming life when we go through the test that God brings our way. Because the Bible said, if you remember, I think I'm right about this, Psalms, or yeah, Psalms chapter 11, verse 5, the Lord tests the righteous. And so there's a benefit to it. There's a reason why he does that. And it's not to tear you down, but rather it is to build you up. No teacher worth their salt puts their students through training and teaching and testing for them to fail. They don't want them to fail. They want them to succeed. And a part of the testing process brings them to that place where they kind of knuckle down and where they really learn the lessons about what they're going through so that they can, you know, apply that to their life and be different in the world that they're living in. And so God's testing for you and me is really, really good. And so I want to just, I went through God's word and just kind of looked for some benefits of why God puts us through. These are blessings. Look for the blessing. Whenever you're in the testing, look for the blessing. Look at what God may be doing. Number one, he may be wanting to have you in a test to expose what's really in your heart. He wants you to see. Listen, how many of you know that God already knows everything? So he's, he's not like, oh, I wonder what they're really made of. But the process of what he's doing sometimes is for us to understand what we're doing, what we're feeling, and where our hearts are at. And so God will put us through a test to show us, to reveal to us what's really down deep on the inside of us. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 22. I want you to see this. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Notice, God tested Abraham. And he said to Abraham, I want you to take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you about. And the Bible tells us, the story goes on and says, that Abraham the next morning saddled his donkey, took his son, went up to Mount Moriah, built a sacrifice, placed his son on the altar, and threw back his hand with a knife, about to shed the blood of his son, as the Lord directed him to do. And the angel of the Lord showed up and said, Stop. The Lord now knows what's in your heart. Really what the Lord was saying. Now the Lord has revealed to you what's really in your heart that you fear God more than you love your own son. How many, how many of you know that's a tough test to take in life? Come on now, can I get a witness out there? And you know what the Lord was doing right there in that moment? God was testing Abraham's devotion to him. Is he going to love him, serve him, honor him, or is he going to love his gifts and all the things that God, the dreams, the desires, and all the things that God brings into his life? Is he going to give more credence and more attention to those gifts rather than the giver? Or is the giver always going to be number one? And see, we will go through tests. God will lead us to a crossroads of a testing time in our life if he sees that we have other things 
before him rather than him being number one in our life. Come on now. I know you don't like it. I didn't say we have to like this word, but this is the word. And this is good. This is a good test to take to say, you know what? Where's my heart lie? Am I, more, am I clutching on to the things that I have from God? Or am I clutching on to God? Am I clutching on to the giver of all those things? Amen. Amen. Here's another test that's a benefit. Test number two. God will test us to strengthen our obedience in him. God will bring us to a test where we are going to have to choose whether or not we're going to obey God. So, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So Moses said to the children of Israel, God brought you this way. He could have brought you into Egypt in 11 days, I think it was, 14 days, 11 days. He could have brought you straight into Egypt in just a few days, but he took you the long way around, and then you wouldn't even obey him in that way, and so now you caused yourself to be out here 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and the whole reason that God brought you through this test is to teach you and to train you to obey him and not your own inclinations. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what the Bible says. God, by his spirit, said, I want you to know something. What I really want from you is for you to do what I tell you to do, go where I tell you to go, be who I've called you to be. I don't want your lip service, I want complete life surrender. This isn't, you know, this this walk with God is not just a Sunday morning experience, it is your life. I'm not mad. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God doesn't need lip service. He can get that. He gets that all the time. He wants life surrender, life where we obey the Lord. And see, we're going to be tested. We're going to come to the crossroads, and God's going to say, okay, I'm going to see. I'm going to see. On my eyelids behold, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to let them go through this, this crossroads right now. I'm going to see if they're going to obey me, and I'm going to let them see in themselves whether they're going to obey me or not. Now, let me ask you this. Are you obedient? Or are you like me sometimes, slow-bedient? <laughs> like, I'm going to get around to that. As soon as all this other stuff, you know, as soon as all this other stuff gets taken care of, then I'll, I'll get around to that. No, no. Slow-bedience is not obedience. Hey, are you obedient? Maybe you're slow obedient. Maybe you're no obedient. Maybe you're passive aggressive. You hear the word of God. Maybe you even nod at the word of God. You know what you, I'm going to just say it, ought to be doing by the word of God, but you're like, eh, I don't know. 
I don't think it's that big of a deal for me. We call that no-bedient. Amen. So you're just going to prolong the testing period in your life. You're going to have to stay after school. You're going to have to, you know, I'm just teasing, but a little truth. So God will bring you to a place in your life where he's going to say, okay, I'm going to test your obedience. Why? Here's the beauty in this. To create in you an obedient heart. It's not lip service. It's full life surrender. Amen. Here's another benefit of testing in your life. The test refines our character. It's a refining process. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 3 says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. And so what the proverb is saying there is just like we put precious ore into a furnace to melt it down, to release the embedded impurities so that all of that dross can be lifted out of it so that the purity of that ore can be revealed in the same way God's doing that in our hearts to refine our character. Everybody, anybody in the room just said, you know, this is just the way I am. Take it or leave it. Well, God ain't going to take it. I may have to live with it for a while, but he is going to work on you and me to refine our character. And one of the ways that he does that is he puts us in a test that's like a fiery furnace. <laughs> Turn to somebody and tell him he ain't joking. He will, listen, hey, God is a loving God. He's a good God. We just got reminded of that, and that's true. But in his great love, he is also a consuming fire. And he is about burning up, melting down, so that the embedded impurities in your soul get released out of you. Come to the surface so that through repentance, they can be taken away, taken out of your life, so that you can get on with the rest of your life as God intended. So you got to take the test. Amen. You got to take the test. And God wants to release us. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, there were times, and there are times, that I go through this fiery furnace in my soul, and it just becomes revealed in me all this embedded stuff on the inside of me that I don't like to see. Anybody ever seen the th stuff in you you don't like to see? And you know what? Don't get too down on yourself. If you see it and it comes to the surface, actually, you're passing the test. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, instead of like shaming yourself, you should be, oh, glad. I'm really glad that came out. Now I can get rid of it. And that's why we shouldn't go around judging people when we see all their junk. Why? Because maybe they're in the fire and God is, you know, just breaking down their resistance and bringing all that stuff to the surface. And don't get all judgmental about what God is doing. Encourage them. Say, look at all your junk. Isn't this wonderful? You're getting free. Hallelujah. This is, listen, this is a benefit. 
to be thrown in the fire. (laughs) This is good. God is doing a good work. The final thing that I, on this, this idea of look for the blessing in the testing is the test that we go through help to develop our endurance level and our walk with God. James chapter one, verses two through four. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Look at what James is saying. When he said, but let patience have its perfect work, he said faith or uh, counting it all joy, going through testing in your life produces perseverance in your life. And this idea of patience is not passiveness, but actually it's being proactive and it's being persistent and it's, and it's sticking with it even though the going gets tough. See, sometimes God is watching to see how you're going to go through a test. Because he's developing in you some stick to where I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up just because the going got tough. Come on, Kevin. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? One, one thing I noticed about people going through tests, and I've seen this in myself, is they tend to just disappear. You're looking around like, where'd they go? Well, if you look hard enough, you know they're going through a test. Some of them. And they just disappear. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a ship on a storm at sea, I don't think I'm going to jump ship in the middle of the storm. But this is what people do when they get into a test. Sometimes they jump ship. And I thought about that, and then I remembered the story in Mark chapter 4 where it says that Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He said, these are Jesus' words, let's go to the other side. How many know if Jesus says we're going somewhere, we're going somewhere? I mean, you know, I may say we're going to go to the other side. We may not end up on the other side. But Jesus said to his disciples, let's get in the ship and go to the other side. And the Bible says that not only the boat that Jesus was in, but a lot of other little boats went with them. So a lot of people are going across to the other side. And the Bible tells us that Jesus fell asleep. Classic. Where's God when you need him? No. Uh, Jesus fell asleep on the ship. And a storm rose up and the disciples became afraid for their lives. And they looked at Jesus sleeping They looked at the storm, and they felt like they were going to drown, that they were going to die, and they're like, why is he, how can he sleep through this? Why hasn't he responded to this? And they're getting upset that Jesus doesn't care. And now by this time, they think they're going to die out in the middle. They think that they're going to be drowned, that they they forgot Jesus said we're going to the other side. So they get Jesus awake. Stands up, he rebukes the wind and the waves and it calms down and then he, like, where's your faith? I said, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. Okay, they got in a test. They failed the test for for a moment. 
But here's what the very next, here's what chapter 5, verse 1 says. And when they reach the other side. Now let me just say something. They, all of them, not only the boat of Jesus, but all the other little ships reach the other side. If they jump ship in the middle of the test, they wouldn't have reached the other side. They would have drowned. When you're going through a tough time, don't disappear from church. Don't run away from your marriage. You can't always quit the job. (laughs) Amen. I mean, you can. But you can't always solve your problems by jumping ship. And so God wants to teach us that through tests. And he wants to show us how to stick with it. So, when you're in a test, don't stress it. Look for the blessing in the testing. Number two, learn how to rest through the test. Learn how to rest through the test. Matthew chapter 11, this is Jesus. This is familiar to many of us. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Tests in life often feel like you're laboring and you're heavy laden. That's what tests can often feel like. Jesus said, when you're feeling that way, when it feels like that's you're weary, you're laden down, you're burdened down in your soul, he said, come to me. Come to Jesus. How many are glad that there's an open door policy with Jesus at all times? Come on. Let's not make this the fifth thing we do on the list. It should be the first thing. Jesus said, if you're If you're in a test, if you're in a trial, if you're in a troubling place, a difficult place, come to me. And then he says, take my yoke. Listen, Christianity is not yokeless. It's not bondage to fear, but it's commitment to Jesus. Where you're tied to the Lord. And the beautiful thing about this is that walking with Jesus and living your life committed to the Lord is not a heavy burden. He really carries the load. But you're connected to him. You're committed to him. Right? So Jesus said, come to me. Take my yoke. And I'll give you rest. You'll learn rest. And he said, I'm meek and I'm lowly. And you'll find rest for your souls. And so Jesus wants, and how many of you know that Jesus was tested like none other ever before? He knows how to go through a test. He knows how to keep us in the place of rest in the test. So a year ago, over a year ago, a year and a half ago, I preached a message out of this passage of rest, and I had an acronym, R-E-S-T. I think that's how you spell it. And so back by popular demand. No, it's not. I, it's, I have an acronym. It's not the same one of a year and a half ago. But I, 
I, I want, I got some simple ideas to give us today to help us to enter into his rest. How many would like to do that in your life? If you're in a test, to be at rest in that test. And so I have this simple, I want to I be, be a superhero today, so I'm going to be Captain Obvious. And so these are going to be simple, obvious ideas. First of all, t- to be at rest in the test are rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. J- what, remember what James said? James chapter 1, the second verse of his book said, count it all joy when you go through trials and testings and hardships in your life. When you go through those, be joyful. That's what he said. He said, rejoice or have joy in the Lord with what you're going through right now. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, in everything, read this with me, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So there it is. In how many things should I be giving thanks? In everything. In the good thing, in the bad thing. In the hard thing, in the easy thing. In everything, right? So if you're in a test, what do you do? You rejoice. And let me just say something about rejoicing in the Lord. It's your choice. Rejoicing, thanking God, praising God, worshiping God is a choice. It's not based on feeling or circumstance. It's something that you and I have to enter into and make the choice that while I'm in this difficult place, I'm at this T in the highway of my life, I'm at this intersection of a test in my life, how am I going, what's the right turn? Well, for starters, rejoice. Set your soul to be a person of praise and worship and gratitude and thanksgiving. Like literally, if you have to find a secret place in your house, go sit down and just talk out loud to the Lord and just love him. Just love him, just thank him. Instead of doing what you normally do to medicate and to, you know, just kind of drown out the pain or whatever, you, whatever we tend to do, why don't we go to the Lord and talk to him about it and just love him and thank him and rejoice in him and praise him and worship him? Amen. Well, I don't want people in my house to hear me. Well, go into your closet and shut the door. Jesus said to do that. I mean, if he said to do that, why don't we do that? Just go find a place where you can get along with the Lord and you can just rejoice in him. Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. In other words, this is part of your Christian walk. You should not be caught off guard When you go through a testing and a trial in your life, hey, this happens to everybody. Amen. He said, don't be caught off guard as though something strange has happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So he says, the way to get through it is rejoice. And when you've come through it, it's just more joy. Amen. Are you with me out there?
So the R to rest in Jesus, resting through the test, is rejoice in the Lord. E, enlist the help of others. Listen, you were not intended to live life in your own strength. You say, well, I got, it's just me and God. Well, that's good. But sometimes you need Jesus with skin on. You need, you need to feel Jesus, see Jesus. Hey, listen, you even need to hear Jesus through the hearts and lives of other people. And it's not that I need somebody to, you know, buck me up or tell me, you know, just, listen, we don't need a bunch of Job-like friends telling us how we did everything wrong. We need, we need to be friends of people in hard places. I need friends in my life that don't remind me of how I mess things up. I already know I do that. I need somebody to remind me how good God is and his plan and his purpose for my life. And so I can't get this in my own strength and I can't get this by myself. I appreciate the fact that you want to make it all about you and God and you just me and Jesus, we got it all worked out, but that's not biblical. It's not in God's word. We need the Lord. And one of the ways that we get the Lord is through each other. The last thing you need to do is quit church, quit fellowship, pull away. You need to enlist help. Let me show you a scripture. It's found in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. should be up there. Oh, no, that's not it. Is it? Oh, it's the wrong one. 2 Corinthians. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Let me read this to you. I did put 1 Corinthians. My error. See, I'm being tested right now. <laughs> and you're being tested through me. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Listen to these words. Verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. How many of you know that God is a comforting God, right? Listen, verse 4. Who comforts us in our tribulation, watch, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. God comforts me because sometimes he needs to comfort through me. There are things you can get directly from God. Then there are things that God gives you directly through others. And he said, God, I'll just start in verse 4, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The very comfort I received from God. I'm a conduit of that comfort. And I'm a, I, God can flow through me to help others. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation abounds through Christ. So the point I want you to understand is that when you're in a testing time in your life, it's okay to call out for some people just to hear your heart. Share with them. Open up to them. 
Share your struggles. Share your pain. Share things with them. Let them come alongside you. And don't just try to find people who will tell you things that you want to hear. Not that you're looking for people to beat you down. I, already, I hope I made that point. But that there are times when someone can speak into my life and bring me to a place where I need to go from where I've been. And it's tough. And sometimes we're so independent, we, don't, we just want to do it ourselves. And it's great that we're Americans and we're great, you know, we're independent and, you know, we're, you know, we're all this. Well, you need God and you need each other. Amen. Finally. No, no, that, no, I got two more. This is getting good. It's get, lasting longer. Rejoice. Resting in the Lord is rejoice in the Lord. Enlist the help of others. S. This is an obvious, this is Captain Obvious, says, seek God's face. Pray. Go to the Lord. Run to him. Psalms 34, 17 through 19 says, the righteous cry out, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. I mean, that's a good word. Come on. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves as such as has a contrite spirit. Many, many are the afflictions. Is that right there? Read this with me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Praise God. So when you're in a test right now, Cry out to God. Run to him. Don't put prayer down on your list of things to do when you're in a hard place, when you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Don't resort to prayer later. Run to it first. Amen, Tim. Oh, amen myself. The biggest and most important prayer that we have is the prayer for wisdom. When you're in a trial, when you're in a test, you need wisdom. Amen. You need wisdom. James said, if anyone lacks wisdom, when you're going through a trial, he said this in that passage, if you lack wisdom, ask God. He's not going to withhold anything from you. God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to say here. Run to the Lord. Ask the Lord. And the word of God said, James says, he will not withhold it from you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to get to the next level in your life. He wants you to be an overcomer and to be victorious in your life. So he's going to obviously give you the things that you need. And some of the, you know, listen, wisdom isn't, Wisdom isn't always a quick fix. Wisdom is the Lord saying, okay, here's some things I'm going to give you to do. Oh, well, I just want you to take it away. He says, well, I'm going to by you doing this. Amen. He's not your vending machine. I punched the right buttons. I said the right thing. I should get what I paid for or prayed for because I did everything like you said. And God is good. 
but he wants to give wisdom for you to make right decisions, to make right turns, to learn how to say no to some things and yes to other things. Stop being so slow-bedient or no-bedient. Amen. Have I hammered that long enough? Finally, the T. We come all the way down to rest. T. This is obvious. Trust God's faithfulness. When you're in a test, trust God's faithfulness. Remember, this brings us back to Psalms 11. How did David start Psalms 11? He said, in the Lord I put my trust. And then he proceeded to tell us, He felt like the enemy was crowding him. He feels like he wants to run away, flee away like a bird. And he said, if the foundations be destroyed. And then he said, but God is in his holy temple. God is on the throne. And he's he's watching. He's observing. He hasn't forgotten me. He sees right where I'm at. In fact, He's just kind of testing me a little bit. God's testing me for me to see what I'm going to do in what feels like a delay or feels like God's not paying attention. No, he's paying attention. His eyelids behold. The Bible said his eyelids. He's watching. It's just a test, see? To see, are you going to trust me? Or are you going to flee like a bird? Run away from your problems. Are you going to do that again? Or are you going to sit still? You're going to just sit down. Like the teacher says, sit down. You're not dismissed yet. And I'm going to see if you're going to trust me. Amen. Listen, I want to say something really important about trusting in God's faithfulness. We need to know this. If we fail to trust him in the test, this impatience in the test will destroy our rest. If I'm impatient in the test, that's going to pull me out of my rest. Because what I'll end up doing, like Abraham, let's say, He was being tested. God said, you're going to have a son. You and your wife are going to have a son. And then the test went on and on and on, and it didn't happen. So Abraham said, you know what I'll do? Through Sarah's, you know, encouragement, I'll create, I'll I'll fix it. So I'll do it myself. And then he had to live with his Ishmael. And so, and let me tell you something. There was no peace in the home after that. As soon as Abraham got with Hagar, there was friction and fussing and fighting between the ladies and then between their son, sons. Pulled him right out of his rest because he wouldn't be patient in the test. So what do you do? Trust God. Trust in the Lord. My favorite, it's our favorite, I think, This is everybody's favorite, or if it's not, it should be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Amen. All right, let's have some music. This will bring the landing. Who's going to do that? All right, the boss is going to do it. Okay, so I think we're coming up on a testing. I think we're coming up. There's a testing ahead. If you're not in a test, one's coming. But hopefully we're prepared to know which way to turn, you know, which way to get through it. Let's all stand together. Can I have the prayer team come? Those who are going to pray and be available for prayer. We love and believe in the power of prayer. And so today I hope that before you leave, if you need prayer for anything, maybe you're in some trial, some test in your life. Um, if you're in a place like that right now or going through something and you'd like prayer support, encourage you to come up. These folks will pray with you. Or if you need a healing touch or they'll just pray with you, pray for you and with you about anything. Can we just uh, lift up our hands to the Lord kind of just in a receiving manner? Lord, it's hard to even say the words like this, but thank you for the times that you test us. Because we know, God, that in the testing, that there are good things that are going on. There are God things going on. There are things that you are working in us and through us, God, that are going to bring us to the very places that we so desperately want to be at. But they're not going to be, a, we're never going to arrive there our way. We need to go your way, God. And so I just pray, Lord, for us today to just receive your guidance, to receive your rest, to receive the blessing of the testing and the rest in the test, God. And God, we come against worry and anxiety and irritation and all those things that crowd our mind and our, mind, our spirit and our soul. Lord, I pray that you give everyone wisdom here today and what you want them to do and how you want them to do it. Jesus, we love you and we give ourselves to you as your hands are just lifted to the Lord. Could you just speak an audible praise and thanksgiving to the Lord? Let the room be filled. Just, yeah, like just say, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so kind. You are worthy. Thank you for watching over us and being with us, Lord. We bless your holy name. Everybody says amen.